With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, if you thought the first three years and 51 weeks of the Trump uh, presidency was nuts, just wait for the next seven days. That's all we got left, but it is getting crazy out there. And leading the way, of course, is my unhinged congresswoman, Ayanna Presley. We'll play with, we'll tell you what Ayanna had to say about her fellow congresspeople. And of course, AOC chimes in. Uh, we learned yesterday that Twitter, Twitter for all its faults, has a hell of a sense of humor. We'll tell you what Twitter had to say about uh, one country's efforts to uh, to censor them. Um, there's a new venture out there from a woke, liberal, left-wing, Colin Kaepernick-loving, Trump-hating sports media company. And, hey, I can't imagine what could go wrong there. And uh, Tom Shattuck, our NFL expert, is going to give you his picks for the uh, – weekend the nfl playoffs ahead this weekend all that on today's callahan podcast brought to you by dcu do you love your car but hate your car payment no problem refinance your car today with dcu when they could help lower your monthly payments lower your interest rate or both applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term the payment that fits into your budget get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from dcu learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colleen, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. That is January 13th, Wednesday, January 13th. That means one week left in the reign of terror from Donald J. Trump. And I tell you what, I'm just going to make a quick prediction to uh, all my friends in the media, especially uh, people on CNN and MSNBC and NBC and the New York Times and Washington Post, you're going to miss him when he's gone. Well, you are going to miss the evil orange man uh, because for a couple reasons. He, he was good copy. He was good ratings, as he points out all the time. I mean, he made the morning Joe, the morning schmo show what it is without without Trump. I'm, I don't think anyone ever noticed that Joe Scarborough's girlfriend were on in the mornings. Uh, I don't think Biden's going to give him quite the bump. But I will say this. if you're If you're like me, and you root for chaos, and you root for crazy, and you're disappointed that Bill Belichick is not going to the White House this week, 
don't worry about it. There's plenty of crazy out there uh, to, 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 to satisfy you, even with Donald Trump gone. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I know he has no outlets. Thank God we won't let him speak. We won't let him tweet. We won't let him post on Facebook. And if you missed it, the latest YouTube has suspended him. Big shocker. YouTube owned by Google. So the big tech bullies, the big tech tyrants have succeeded for now in shutting up our 45th president completely, which is bizarre. Why, why, why everyone wants that is beyond me. But I think there are going to be plenty of crazies to fill the void, Tom Shattuck. And uh, most of them are on the other side. Most of them are, uh, are Trump haters, including my congresswoman, who is below the radar crazy. Ayanna Presley, I think, if you weigh everything, is even nuttier than AOC. Uh, and uh, I think she's her profile is going to get raised because, I mean, mm-hmm. Every day she sits there and say, what, what kind of crazy thing can I say today to get noticed? And eventually people are going to realize she is completely bat crap nuts. <laughs> Jerry, we're just one week out, by the way, from the white supremacist event Good that point. happened at the United States Capitol, by the way, where, uh, where privilege was on display. And that's my takeaway of what happened last week. White supremacy and privilege. Nothing else happened of, uh, of import on the Capitol Hill other than that. And the fact that between that and um, your friend Anna Wintour's magazine Vogue <laughs> putting that picture up of uh, Kamala Harris, it was the utmost display of disrespect. And so we that- should mention we should mention Tommy that uh, in four years, the most beautiful, the most glamorous first lady in U.S. history never appeared on a magazine cover, never. So you have uh, Kamala Harris, uh, let's be honest, she's also very glamorous and gorgeous on a magazine cover. And if this doesn't tell you all you need to know about the relationship between the media and the new incoming administration, I don't know what does. They put her on the cover, they fawn over her, they slobber over her, but they picked the wrong picture. It's a perfectly (laughs) flattering picture. But you could see her, her Converse All-Stars, her Chuck Taylors. Yes. And she didn't like that. She thought she should. It was disrespectful. And, of course, it was racist. She thought they should have picked the picture where she was wearing shoes. And it, look at it. It's a, I mean, we got it on, on our screen now. It's a perfectly flattering picture. Not good enough. This The, 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 the Biden-Harris administration, and by extension, the whole establishment, will be demanding complete and utter uh, 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 fawning and 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 love from their uh, media stooges, and if they step out of line even a little bit, if they question anything, if anyone mentions the fact that Joe Biden might not be the most articulate uh, commander in chief, stutter. <laughs> it's a stutter. By the way, and the standards keep changing. Harry, the, the, the camera, the standards keep changing. A month ago, Kamala Harris's shoes showed how cool she That's was. A good point, right? She the was Timberlands young and, and the Chucks, and she was she was one of the people, and she was energetic and youthful. And now the standards, without any warning to anybody, have changed. Now they are not to be celebrated. She is to be taken even more seriously. Or I would be- hate to be. I'd hate to be on the other side of being one of these, you know, Boston Globies that has to support everything these people do because there are going to be so many opportunities 
not just to criticize, but to have a good laugh. I mean, let's be honest. We'll, we'll, we'll go over a couple of them because, you know, we were talking about them before we started recording. And I'm telling you, we have to do this because they're going to just keep providing material that is so incredible that somebody has to mention it. And I tweeted about this a few times yesterday, and I kept waiting for someone to, you know, take it to another level. My congressperson, again, the aforementioned, utterly unhinged Ayanna Presley, tweeted out um, one of the most bizarre things you will ever hear from a um, a congressperson. She was uh, everything she tweets, everything she says is obviously about race. Everyone's racist. Everybody's, you know. Uh, uh, white supremacist, and I guess you just kind of laugh her off and dismiss her as a as a lunatic. But this is a sitting member of Congress. Uh, she's in the in the majority now. She's feeling, you know, feeling good. She tweets out uh, about the siege <clears throat> on the on the Capitol a week ago. This is yesterday uh, afternoon. She said, "The second I realized our safe room from." The second I realized our safe room from the violent (laughs) white supremacist mob included treasonist, white supremacist, (laughs) anti-masker members of Congress who incited the mob in the first place, I exited, furious that more of my colleagues by the day are testing positive. She does this so cavalierly. She says there are members of Congress who are white supremacists. And naturally, I... I don't even know who else did, but I mentioned that my, my unhinged congresswoman just said not just the mob was white supremacist, and I don't even know how the mob was white supremacist. I didn't even know there was a racial element. You know what I mean? They, they, were, they were crazy. They were thugs. They were criminals. They were violent. They were trespassing, and you know they were bad, bad guys. We all agree. At what point did they become white supremacists? No, that's yeah, you're right. They're trying to uh abscond with this event for their own for their own, you know, political uh, you know, benefit. But it doesn't make any sense. And for all these morons last week to come out and say if this had been Black Lives Matter doing this, you know, they you would have seen arrests and you would have seen the police cracking down. Meanwhile, the, sh- the cops shot into the crowd. The cops did everything they could. The FBI, Homeland Security, the federal agencies are now have prioritized rounding these folks up. You know, there's already been over a hundred uh, arrests. There's going to be many, many more to to try to manufacture. It makes no sense. It's it's trying to suggest that like watching Les Mis is like a Who concert. It's two totally different things, and it's just this. It, you know, anything goes now because right. all it is about saying white supremacists, white supremacists, it, white supremacists. It is- it is scary, and I realize that they're you know we're dealing with crazy people like like AOC and Ayana and the media, but people are losing their jobs because they went to the rally, not the Capitol, just the rally. The president was speaking, and they attended it, and they tweeted about it or put it up on Facebook, and they're losing jobs. I mean, for going to a speech given by the sitting U.S. president, that's the point we've reached. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, some of them are begging for mercy. Some of them are, uh, are, are, are defiant, but that's the new standard. You go to see the president speak, you could lose everything. And it's not enough, by the way, it's not enough for the mob. The, the woke mob does not care. I mean, the idea, and I know this doesn't really upset a lot of people, that if you went to the mob or even went to the Capitol, you should be on a no-fly list. Like you should you lose your right to fly. 
some of them haven't been charged. None of them has been convicted. So you can't fly anywhere. And soon it'll be, and you can't obviously post on, on social media. Pretty soon you won't be able to, you know, uh, use PayPal or, or Venmo and you can't use Uber Eats and you can't take an Uber. And soon you won't be able to bank because you went to see the president. And again, I asked this yesterday. I'll ask it again. It's and you were, and you were likely peaceful, right? Like every, like the prime were, I mean, yeah, of course, peaceful, they, right? they bragged in the summer, they bragged that 93% of the, uh, of the violent Antifa BLM riots were peaceful, right? 93%, only 7% were violent. I would say that's, that would be high. If you took the number of people who were violent last Wednesday, and the people who are violent are being rounded up and they're going to be punished. And people like me and you and we'll all applaud. I, I, I laugh that this, this Viking man, this moron with the Viking <laughs> horn is complaining that he can't get organic food in prison. You know what I say? Tough crap. Give him a baloney sandwich and then and, and spit on it for all I care. I don't care about that, that, that piece of crap. I don't care about any of them. I mean, and I, if the guy actually, one of them actually threw a fire extinguisher that killed Brian Sicknick, I wouldn't care if they executed him. That's again, the difference I'm against mob violence, all mob violence, the Democrats, Ayanna, OOC, Nancy, they're only against some mob violence. They're okay. Burning federal courthouses in Portland. They're upset when you trespass in the U S Capitol. I mean, not all the time. They weren't upset when the crazies stormed the Capitol to stop the Kavanaugh nomination. They did the exact same thing. They trespassed. They went right up. They harassed members of Congress. They went yeah. on the elevator and yelled at, at senators. They did that. And there was not even the slightest outcry that this was desecrating so, the people. <laughs> well, that was a little different. I think they went through the front door, like through metal detectors, and et cetera. Then they went in and raised hell once they got in. But but another thing is th this white supremacist event in Ina Presley talking about this. It, this, it, it's an absolute willful blindness situation because, you know, they're complaining about unmasked Republicans spreading the coronavirus to Democrats. The Republicans have all tested negative. Only the Democrats have tested positive for the coronavirus in Congress right now with this spreading event that happened. And Nancy Pelosi ordered Democrats in who had tested, who were supposed right, to be one, quarantined, so they would vote for her. One, be right, one, one had been uh, tested, uh, tested positive. And six days later, uh, she went to the to the House chamber and voted. She right. went and voted. Six days, she was carrying it. She was infecting people, and Nancy Pelosi didn't care. And who's the congresswoman, the crazy one that was screaming about how the unmasked uh, Republicans, including a couple who yeah. saved her life, you know, put a life... And then they show the video, and she wasn't wearing a mask. No. I mean, they're just such hypocrites. But I want to quickly go back to Ayana because I find this amazing. You're an editor of a newspaper. I try to imagine what it's like. Being, I mean, it's not a newspaper, the Boston Globe, but it is a place where a bunch of, you know, moon bats uh, mm -hmm. sit there and uh, try to change the world. But so they see this. They see their hero, Ayanna Presley, tweet out that there are treasonous white supremacist, anti-masker members of Congress. What is your reaction? Isn't it like, let's call her office. Obviously, it's a globe. She'll take the call. They'll they'll slobber all over, tell her how wonderful she looks and, you know, everything else, and then say, can you help us out here, uh, Miss Congresswoman? Who are, who are white supremacists that you work with in Congress? Isn't that kind of an important fact to, to unearth here that she said she works with members of Congress who 
are white supremacists. Right. Who, who are we talking about? And I threw the question out there, and immediately you get uh, you know, the usual liberals saying, what about Ted Cruz? What about Josh Hawley? You know, what about you know, Mo Brooks? And I'm going, okay, you can say that if you want. There's no proof, no evidence. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it'd be, it, it carries more weight if the actual congressperson says, yes, my colleague is a white supremacist. Isn't that kind of a big story if you're a alleged journalist? Yes, you, you would think that the definition means something. A white supremacist, somebody who believes in eugenics, believes in racial superiority by definition. Yeah, you would think that would be something. I can't, other than Robert Byrd, I can't think of somebody where where that would be, you know, remotely accurate. So does white supremacist mean something or does it not mean something? You know, she didn't, she didn't get the, to work. I'm, I'm sure she's uh, disappointed. Didn't get work to uh, work with Robert Byrd, so he wouldn't count. The Maybe. problem is that they've they've worn out and you know used and beat to death the term racist. That's not strong enough. So now they're going to the well to find something a little more powerful. White supremacist. You know, white supremacists are a smattering of idiots and compounds in Montana. There there aren't very many of them, and you know they're not in Congress right now. But to now to try to use that and overlay it on anybody who believes something differently politically than you, you would think would be divisive to say the least, unless you don't mean it and this is all just complete horseshit, which is really, really where we are now. I didn't even put uh, it on my list of crazies that we're going to cover today, but you could include Kristen Clark, the new head of the Civil Rights Division, mm -hmm. who believes in black supremacy. I don't know if you right. saw it. Tucker Carlson did a piece on it. It's It's been uh, blowing up in certain circles. Which now, is something that's celebrated, Jerry. Monica Cannon-Grant, it's the same thing. She believes that she has a scientific explanation mm -hmm. how melatonin, she sounded like that moron Nick Cannon. She said, right. you know, the black race is superior. Black babies walk, talk before white babies. She's a total racist lunatic, mm -hmm. and she's the new head of the well, civil rights division. What could go wrong? Actually, Jerry, yeah, that's a great point because that's, like I just said, that's the same belief system that Monica Cannon-Grant has, and right. she works for Ayanna Presley. But Monica, Monica Cannon-Grant is, is just a, a crazy no, you know, I know, but, agitator. But, but the there are agenda. black supremacists in my, in Ayanna Presley's perimeter, in her is, inner circle. Is the head of the Civil Rights Division a cabinet position these days? Did they make that a cabinet position? Does she have to get confirmed by the Senate? I guess it doesn't matter because everyone will be afraid to ask her the tough questions. But it's remarkable when you look at her history. She literally believes, you know, because of your skin color, you're superior to another race. That, to me, would be, I don't know, racist? <laughs> but she's the head of the Civil Rights Division, well, and it's going to get crazy. And, and by the way, Joe Biden said we're prioritizing in, to help small business. Business is owned by, what was it, black, Hispanic, Asian, yeah. women, LBGT. So, you know, all those white guys who own businesses are, you know, sitting there going, I'm, I'm barely hanging on. I'm trying to get through this pandemic. I'm looking for help. Too bad we're busy helping the the Asian guy next door. Since I'm not sure when Asians were, uh, which is right back to his, oppressed, but not lately. Which is right back to his segregationist uh, beginnings, you know. Okay, we'll so get blacks get over here. You're first. Whites stay over there. Hispanics, you get in the middle. Asians, you're just to the right of the Hispanics. <laughs> I mean, it's remarkable. It's remarkable the projection that these people use, and to suggest that 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 that, that the conservatives have the racial problem no these people are saying say it's right out loud right out loud there is a, you're worth more right now to us if you're this color 
and this color and this color. That color, that color, and that color are lesser. It's freaking crazy. And and it's going to get crazier. They're feeling bold. And hang on, hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. As we all know, uniformed professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. We'll move on now from AO, uh, from Ayana, from Ringo, to, to, to John Lennon, the head of the, the squad, AOC, the biggest star in the Democrat Party. Um educated at Boston University. I, I like to mention that because it is a it is perhaps the most embarrassing thing you could say about BU, uh, at least until they forced all their basketball players to wear masks during games. Um, but AOC, is this yesterday, Colin? AOC yesterday or last night talking on Instagram about, she, about, she said a lot of things, but find the one where she says, we the we have to consider a secession from the uh, uh, southern states, and I thought she meant like a new Mason Dixon line, like the South goes its own country and North. I don't know what could go wrong here. North is, but she wants to save people who live in red states from the Republican Party, like somehow somehow rescue them. And she's obviously not very bright, but she's explaining this. And I, I think I tweeted out, she said, she tweeted, out, uh, Instagrammed out a few videos last night, probably had a couple glasses of uh, Chardonnay. She likes to do that while she's like cooking dinner. And it's so bizarre and so stupid. It, it, it And this is one of those deals like Ayana where nobody will follow it up. Nobody will like, what do you want to do? You want to uh, break up the country now? Because... Things have gotten a little, you know, divisive, a little partisan. Um, but can we hear from? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that one. This, there's so much crazy from last night, but here's, here's a bunch of them. Yes. Yeah. Which means the only way that our country is going to heal is through the actual liberation of southern states, the actual liberation of the poor, the actual liberation of working people from economic, social and racial oppression. That's the only way. She is dialed in. <laughs> oh God! I mean, that if that were a college kid, you'd say, yeah, a little, mm, a little uh, idealistic, maybe a little, little disillusioned. Uh, you know, not quite uh, uh, worldly. She's just such a dope. And I mean, we the much actual liberation 
of Southern states. Like how? I mean, she talking about like sending in the troops. I wouldn't. I don't know, but everything's a revolution with these people. That's so, true. so liberation is going to mean more government, more government, the same government that you know encouraged you know minority women to marry the government instead of men. That dissuades people from having nuclear families because they're so awful, right. which is the which is the express way to you know underachieving in in not reaching the achieving the American dream whatsoever. More government. That's how we're going to liberate them with more government. More government that screwed up the coronavirus uh, strategy, that screwed up the vaccine strategy. You know, brilliant people like Fauci, who's held off fifty five percent of the vaccination. Uh, doses because he wants everybody to get two vaccination shots before old people can get one. It is, am- which it has is caused amazing. last week to be the biggest amount of death toll for for nursing homes all year. So what, I, mean, what, what, I mean, I want to get back to some of these nuts. Right. What does what does Cuomo have to do to lose you know his base support, which would be the media and you know hardcore Democrats? I mean, first of all, he killed a bunch of uh, upwards of eleven, twelve thousand senior citizens in the spring. Now he's <clears throat> depriving senior citizens of the vaccine. They're literally throwing it away. Can you imagine? Throwing some of the uh, doses away before they give it to 75 and 80-year-olds. You know, he, he wants to give it to first responders and teachers and politically connected people before he gives it to the elderly. Is there a term for people who just hate elderly people? Like, I mean, he's 63, mm. something like that. He's going to be elderly soon. Maybe he just resents the fact that he sees himself as being, you know, old and, you know, <clears throat> not healthy, and 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 he just hates them. I mean, he literally does not care if senior citizens die, and it's not enough to turn everybody against him. Obviously, people are right. paying attention, and Republicans they're repulsed by the man, but Democrats still support him, even though he's got the worst record, the highest death toll he in New Jersey in the world. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to matter that they're literally the, the story I read. And I'm telling me if you've read this, where there are nurses who are running around trying to find someone eligible mm-hmm. for the vaccine, literally getting up and running around to wherever they're doing it at a, at a, at a mall or CVS or wherever a gym saying who can take this vaccine before it goes bad. Not here's an old person. Boom. Give them the vaccine. It's, they're not eligible. They are. What What is your job? Oh, you're in education. Good, you can take it. You're a first responder. You can take it. You're not. Boom, throw it in the trash. That's insane. And yeah. that's what they're doing in New York. And somehow, it's uh, it's not a scam. Right. No, and that's that comes. It comes from from the top from Fauci saying hold back the vaccine. He's held back fifty five percent of it. And then in states, they're tweaking the regulations to base it on race and occupation and not on a risk factor. <laughs> so the old people but but Cuomo thinks he's doing a good job because the regulations, you know, the regulatory uh process is going forward. So that's good because big government is moving forward. The casualties are a bunch of people are dying, but that's not how we rate success or failure in 2021. We rate it on how the bureaucracy is responding. And so he's responding. He's giving talks every day. He's getting good press. So it's a victory. He's written a book, so he must be good at this. You know, he's selling posters, so he must be good. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with you talking about Ayanna Presley seeing a white supremacists attack last week. And the white supremacists around her, it's fantasy land. These I mean, people. She are- said, if Diana said there are Nazis in the uh, Congress or there are Klansmen in the Congress, wouldn't you 
obviously say, who are you talking about? But she can throw the term around white supremacy. And I guess the good thing is she does it so often that nobody listens to her. She's a, the boy who cried wolf. They're just right. going, oh, that again, as I tweeted, when she goes to Dunk's, Dunkin' Donuts and orders a, a, you know, whatever, a coffee, and they get the order wrong, they put too much cream in, she'll say white supremacy. So you stop listening. She's a lunatic. She's a complete lunatic. And somehow no one seems to care. It's um, not just her, Jerry. The problem is, is it? It's going to be making its way if it hasn't already into wire copy. So the AP is going to be printing stories and writing stories using white supremacists as fact now, because it's been redefined. Because it's got great utility for progressives to scare the crap out of everybody and to label you and me something that's, you know, well, I, think, I think it's going to lose its meaning if she gets her way to lose its meaning because everybody's a white supremacist. Everybody, she'll start right. calling. I mean, she she will call you know Ted Cruz a white supremacist or. You know, Hispanic. She'll probably call you know Tim Scott a white supremacist if you give her a chance. But again, she's nuts. She's off the rails. I mean, I I I think this shows when she can accuse her fellow Congress people of being white supremacists, and nobody even notices. Nobody follows it up and asks for names or asks for uh, further explanation. I guess there you know how seriously she's being taken, and. She's well, just one. She's just one of a bunch. But it's, Jerry, and, remember, there is nothing. The only thing that they would rather protect, you know, even more than the capital, of course, is Planned Parenthood. Something that was founded by an actual white supremacist. Yes. Based on eugenics, who celebrated the fact that they, they were going to terminate, you know, black and brown people in large numbers. And it's incredible. And they'd all take a bullet for Planned Parenthood. It's the most important institution in the country as far as they're concerned. And it, and it is, uh, they won't hesitate to call pro-lifers white supremacists or racist when right. pro-lifers are just the opposite. They're trying to save you know black and brown babies. But we don't have to go down that road today. We have plenty other nuts, lunatics to get to. Um, I want to get to this uh, impeachment uh, team that the uh, Democrats put together and Lynch and Cheney. But I, 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 we didn't play this the other day when Biden said it. And I want to play it because it kind of went under the radar. Obviously, all the focus is on Trump and his and his rally and all the focus is on the mega morons that stormed the Capitol. But um, I, I think uh, one of the crazier, one of the bigger overreactions was to what uh, Josh Hawley and, and Ted Cruz did. I mean, they're AOC and Ayanna, and they're demanding Josh Hawley and um, Ted Cruz be thrown out of the Senate, expelled. And if they're not expelled, they should quit. And as uh, Turtle Boy and I talked about, they did the same thing that Jim McGovern did you know, three years ago. Jim McGovern, a crazy lunatic lefty congressperson from Worcester, wanted to uh, uh, didn't want to certify the electoral votes for Trump you know, without a fight, you know, wanted to audit or investigation. Same as these guys are doing. He wants Hawley and Cruz kicked out of Congress for doing what he did. By the way, doing what Nancy Pelosi did when George right. W. Bush was elected. It's routine. It's constitutional. It's legal. And for that, Josh Hawley is and, and Ted Cruz are um, considered evil. I mean, literally evil by many people on the left, which is a little bizarre, a little bit much. Say what you want about Trump. Certainly say all you want about the lowlifes who stormed the Capitol. But Cruz and Hawley did nothing wrong. And the president-elect, a guy who's going to be the president of the United States in one week, compared them to Nazis. Now, 
my rule has always been, you know who are Nazis? Nazis. You know who's Hitler? Hitler. Nobody else. I mean, there's literally nobody else, unless you're you know, unless you're an idiot, or unless you're trying to make a point by 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 going over the top. We heard in the last week. We heard that idiot Arnold Schwarzenegger, not a bright man. And I don't <laughs> I don't think all the steroids help you as you get older. I think his brain is shot, and he was always pretty stupid to begin with. Comparing the the Capitol riot to Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht, where you know 300 Jews were murdered, 7,000 Jewish homes and businesses were destroyed, 300, uh, 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 I forget the number, 200-something synagogues burned to the ground, and it was the prelude to the Holocaust. One of the worst events in human history, and he said that reminded him when a bunch of morons stormed the Capitol and stole the Nancy's lectern, uh, that reminded him of Kristallnacht. That guy should be dismissed. He's an idiot. <laughs> and then the next day, the next day, Judge Janine Pirro compares the high-tech shutdown of conservative voices, including Trump, to Kristallnacht. And I'm going, God, this, I mean, just Google it, Wikipedia it, read it. It's yeah, it's insane <laughs> to compare anything to that. Yeah, but, no, in Schwarzenegger's people, by the way, were the stormers, not the storm. Schwarzenegger's father. Yeah, was on the was in the German army. He was a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, so I actually liked the Schwarzenegger speech. It just didn't have anything to do with reality. It's good for another. If the Kristallnacht happens again, then, yeah, then, then yeah, it yeah. replies. And I like Schwarzenegger. Uh, I hate you know, him. But I, he hates Trump. You know, obviously it's his uh, something to do with Apprentice. He kicked yeah, him off Apprentice and, and whatever. And yeah, but. Um, but uh, yeah, that's totally misplaced. It's it's ridiculous. The guy, these are <clears throat> largely morons in, in wearing beaver pelts were walking around the Capitol a week ago. <laughs> there were definitely a squad of murderers in there as well. But <clears throat> I mean, Jesus, we're not only has white supremacists lost any meaning, but Nazi is starting to lose any meaning. Uh, 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 unless you can use it to uh, to cancel Kurt Schilling. Nazi yeah. is is a useless term now. That's a good point. Schilling is not going to get in the Hall of Fame because people like Dan Shaughnessy, my friend Shaughnessy, have to lie about him. And uh, we don't have to do this today, but mm -hmm. I have a rule. I said you can hate Schilling all you want. He gives you plenty of fodder. He he's he's up for the fight. You want to criticize him for things? There are many things. Why do you have to make up things? Why do you have to lie and say he's a he collects Nazi memorabilia when you know? He's a World War II aficionado with a huge collection of World War II uh, stuff, much of it American, British, Italian, Japanese, and some German. And guess what? The Germans were Nazis. So it's kind of hard to have a, a complete collection of World War II memorabilia without Nazi stuff. Were they, did they figure largely into that uh, conflict? Yeah, they had a role. Germans? They had a role. And, <laughs> and then they say he wants to kill journalists because he had a T-shirt that said, Rope Tree Journalist some assembly required now if the shirt said rope tree lawyer some assembly required everyone would agree it was a joke and not care or if it said rope tree you know politician who would care but right. it's them he's insulting them journalists as if there's any journalists at the globe so they say he wants to kill journalists so they have to lie about him they can't just honestly disagree with him honestly hate him they must be dishonest but we're going to do that another day because they're going to keep him out of the hall I, I fear, and that's only 
what is that? Uh, less than two weeks away when we find out they screwed Schilling. By the again. way, people should, if they missed it, they should listen to the Schilling episode um, with you from last week because it's so interesting. Schilling like didn't want to talk about the hall in, right. in that stuff and went on to talk for 30 minutes about it in depth and was great. You know, he's great, but he's also very um, passionate about the the uh, election fraud and voter fraud, and and he's mad. He was mad at me, sort of, because mm. I want to move on. I don't know what the point is in talking about election fraud, even if you think the election was stolen. This it's it's over. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, isn't that the whole problem? Is that Trump would never just admit. He had no recourse. He's blaming uh, Pence for doing for not doing something that he was never going to do. Eventually, you got to move on. Was there a voter fraud? Of course. Was there enough to overturn the election? Probably not. But so what? We're moving on. We have to. We have to move on. He's not. You know, he's got one week left. I'm curious to see how Trump, you know, lives his life post White House. It's going to be interesting. He won't have a lot of outlets and social media but he'll find a way to be a factor hopefully he'll be, to, uh, 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 he'll be positive I, mean, I know he'll be campaigning against brian kemp and, <laughs> and probably against Lynn cheney and uh and uh, yeah and and dick and mitch mcconnell which is a huge story mitch mcconnell indeed he's anonymous sources say he is all in favor of uh, impeaching trump mm-hmm. which is so bizarre impeaching a guy who's going to be out of office According to Alan Dershowitz, you can't do that. It's unconstitutional. It's and and it's pointless. What is the goal? Just to embarrass him more? Well, and- no. They want to. If they impeach him, then he can't run again. No, then he's barred. According, according to the Constitution, that he was, then he would be unable to. It's a separate vote, but it's part of the whole package. Yeah, but you have to convict him. You need two thirds of the Senate. I don't even care if Mitch McConnell's on board. You're not getting two thirds of the Senate. And it and are you not? I don't know, Jerry. You're not. I think it's possible. I mean, I. I do think that Trump sh- needs to be politically punished for for uh, his inaction once these you, morons were running through the Capitol. You know what, Tom? Do you call politically punished being people just washing their hands of him and being done with him? Because that's what's happened. He's not a viable candidate in four years. He's just not. He was two weeks ago. He's not anymore. Well, uh, no. So I agree with you there. It, and I also have a problem with with Congress with Congress deciding that we don't get to decide who we want to run for president saying, no, we're not even giving you people the choice anymore. If we are stupid enough to want Trump again in 2024, then we should be allowed to. But I do think that they should, some kind of censure or something is appropriate because he stood by in the executive branch while the legislative branch was under siege and, and waited too long. So do something. The Congress, the executive, the legislative branch has to do something. It can be symbolic, whatever it is, but um, but yeah, no, I I, I don't. He's not going to be the candidate in four years. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. In fact, the whole family is done. Don Jr. is not going to be a candidate. Laura Trump's not going to be a candidate. They're done. We're moving on. It matters, and Jerry. That's, the that's, probably steps. The big, that's probably the biggest impact is, is of the last couple of weeks. There's like no way that Don Jr. There's no way that Ivanka is coming back from this. Right. Like, yeah, but what if? Well, I would agree generally, but what we've seen over the last week is this huge big tech surge, you know, stifling people and canceling people and ending people. And if the left still, I, I get op-eds all the time and demands of me to apologize for my behavior over the last four years. But if they push this too far and start pursuing people and start snuffing out their livelihoods based on any kind of fealty or fandom for Trump for the last four years, 
then you could re-empower the Trump brand. And not enough. I mean, you can't get another, you know, 75 million votes. It'll take take more because, you know, we have mail-in balloting. But well, who's yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah, F you to, that, to those forces who well, want to cancel us, Jerry? Who's the biggest the, F you right Josh now? Hawley. Me, Josh Hawley. You know, I don't know. He wrote a book on cancel culture and they canceled it. He's he's done. He's been the biggest voice against big tech in Silicon Valley. So it helps other guys. It doesn't just help Trump. In fact, I hope that's true. Trump. I mean, give me Ron DeSantis. Right. DeSantis right now, the, the, the pandemic, if the pandemic is a big issue and it is for at least what it is for now, he's the biggest star. If cancel culture is Holly is there going to be other people anyway, you're going to have, you know, we, we talk about all the time, Christy Nome and Tom Cotton, and there'll be lots of candidates and people will uh, like some of them. And they will look at uh, Donald Trump as, as as old news, even if they like him. They'll say, "I like what he did. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a wild ride." We move on, but we move on. I want to get to. I want to play this Biden thing just because this is again what we're looking at for the next four years: crazy, uh, unhinged uh, Hitler comparisons. So Holly and Cruz challenged the electoral uh, votes in whatever it was six states. Because they changed the election law unconstitutionally. Judges did it. It's supposed to be legislated. It seems pretty, pretty constitutional, pretty cut and dried. They're challenging it. They're not going to win. They just want to shine a light on these, these uh, discrepancies where you change the law. You get mail-in voting. The legislator is supposed, legislature is supposed to do that. A judge did it. He has a problem. He says, I challenge this. doesn't seem like that big a deal, especially when on that day they certify the election or that night and and biden got his way but biden compares them to um a, a certain nazi doesn't know the, how to pronounce the guy's name but <laughs> let's hear from our, our president-elect do you think some of them should resign should senator cruz or senator well, holly resign i think they should be just flat beaten the next time they run i think the american public has a real good clear look at who they are they're part of the big lie, the big lie. I was being reminded by a friend of mine, and maybe you were with me, I can't recall, when we were told that, you know, Goebbels and the great lie, you keep repeating the lie, repeating the lie. Well, there was a print that when Dresden was bombed, firebombed, there were 250 people that were killed. Or was it was 2,500 people were killed. And... Goebbels said, no, 25,000 or 250,000 were killed. And our papers printed that. Our papers printed it. It's the big lie. People will know it's one thing for one man, one woman, to repeat the lie over and over and over again. By the way, Trump said that before he ran. If you I mean, uh, where to begin? Where to begin? I mean, his name is Goebbels, first of all. Right. The guy's, you know, 100 years old and doesn't know how to pronounce Goebbels. Goebbels? George Goebbels was probably his favorite comedian. Remember George Goebbels? He was like, when I was a kid, he was uh, old. So, I'm, you know, he probably died a long time ago. He was one of those game show comedians that you didn't even know that he was a comedian, but was always on, like, Match Game or something, and he wasn't funny at all. That was George Goebbels. This is Goebbels. Uh, uh, the, 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 whatever, the propaganda minister and Hitler, for Hitler. And I mean, the Dresden example was a little choppy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you I would say that actually. People 
No, but <laughs> 250 people died. It wouldn't really be uh, a big uh, a big story, I would say, if 250 people died in Dresden. Right. What, no, it was 25,000. And also, and also um, I mean, we were in pitch battle by the time Dresden happened as well. So the parallel also just doesn't doesn't make sense. But, you know, I understand him saying that that Cruz and Holly propagated the idea that that Trump um, that the election had been stolen for political reasons is true. But Jesus Christ, Joe Biden stole Neil Kinnock's biography as his own. Right. You know, he 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 cheated in college. He created a false narrative of, of being a son of a coal miner. You know, this is a master of lies here. Who's talking about Goobles or whoever who he was talking about? It's it's absolutely crazy. And yeah. I want to also note the reporters. Uh, you know, the reporter was nice enough to build in the answer to the question for him. <laughs> that Jesus. is what you're going to get for four more years. These yeah. fawning, slobbering stooges. These 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 uh, Democrat operatives with press passes saying, "Do you think? Do you think they're off? How bad do you think they are? How awful is Josh Hawley? Tell should he should he just resign in disgrace? And and just how mean is Donald Trump to you? And they're gonna and." I got one more question, and this not for people who haven't seen the video, but if you've seen the video, when Joe Biden gets a haircut, does he intentionally tell the barber, don't cut the back? I like the long back. I mean, I think it's cool. I, I think it's <laughs> When you're 100 years old and you're gray and you're balding, and yeah. you're, I mean, do you really need that, whatever, that long hair in the back? Well, that's the actual natural hair. That's the that's the so legit showing up here. the natural hair. Yeah, that's right. Is he? That's his I mean, it's so uh, obviously stupid what he said. Comparing, I don't even know what the big lie for Holly and Cruz is. They're challenging, you know the 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 way they made election law in these states. They're not standing up and saying, you know, Trump won by landslide. That's what Trump's doing now. If you want to blame Trump for saying I won in a landslide, you could say that's a lie, but that's not. Right what Holly or Cruz was saying. So anyway, it was stupid. Is You can keep your doctor if you like your doctor. Is that a big that lie would be or no? a pretty damn big lie. That would be a pretty damn big lie. But I want to get to some other big lies and some other news because I, you know, we said this when we started this little podcast a year ago, we're going to cover cancel culture because it ain't going away. It's, you know, it's big. There's big examples every day of cancel culture. Every day. Yesterday we talked about Mike Milbury who got fired by NBC for nothing for absolutely nothing um and no one cares it's like yeah they don't like milbury or they don't like what he said so fire him and i sometimes he's a big furor and sometimes there 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 isn't the in this cancel culture day and age but now it has gotten so big and all-encompassing because twitter facebook the big google the big tech giants have been emboldened i mean they were bad when you know, Trump was president and, and the, the Republicans held the Senate. Now they hold the, the, their team controls everything and there's literally no stopping them. I don't know what I mean. Again, it's the fault of Trump in some ways. It's the fault of you know Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz because they had the Senate. They had the White House and did nothing. I shouldn't say did nothing. They had hearings. You know, they made they made, you know, Rasputin there, Jack Dorsey go on a go on a zoom call and they said, and they asked them tough questions and nothing changed. So they have the power like never before. And apparently they're not going to hesitate to use it. It is 
scary. And, and I'm not just talking about Trump. Obviously, when you just wipe Trump out of every social media platform and say, no, you got no you know, right to, to speak on social media and Twitter takes him down. And today the news is YouTube has suspended him. I didn't even know he had a YouTube channel, but he has lost his, his uh, voice on YouTube. He's never coming back to Twitter, Facebook. You know, we're going to wonder what Trump has to say about certain things during the Biden administration. And he will say them, I guess, to a reporter from Newsmax, maybe. I don't know. We're going to find out. Or people will retweet things that someone tweeted when they talked to Trump. That's how we're going to learn what Trump has to say. Any good, any good American is against this. If you're, if you're mm-hmm. in favor of taking someone off, completely destroying their all access to social media, you're, you're a bad American. I'm not talking about people, you know, like, you know, murderers like OJ Simpson, <laughs> who's still on Twitter. Oh yeah. I'm not talking about the Ayatollah calling for the death of Jews. I'm talking about just a, an ex-president who might want to have to say something about uh, world affairs. But anyway, one of the funniest things you have ever seen, read, heard on Twitter appeared yesterday, uh, 1022 yesterday morning. Uganda, Uganda, a country, the country of Uganda. And I don't know anything about Uganda, right? Uganda's having elections. Uganda banned Twitter before the election because they were meddling in the election, which I salute Uganda for doing that. I understand why they're doing it. Twitter is the biggest election meddler, Twitter and Facebook. They meddled in our election. They, the, 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 the banning of the Hunter Biden story, the banning of the, of the New York post shutting down the New York Post, is the worst example of election meddling. Most egregious example of election meddling I've ever seen. The left liberals don't care because, you know, they, their guy won and it helped their guy and their guy would not have won without Twitter and Facebook. But here it is yesterday at 1020 in the morning, uh, Tom Shattuck, Twitter sends up, this is from the Twitter public policy ahead of the Uganda election. We're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely <laughs> harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open internet. So, <laughs> so let me get this straight. Um, uh, internet service providers are being ordered to block social media. That is violating basic human rights. <laughs> I guess we should give Twitter credit. Jack Dorsey looks like a pretty dour guy, mm-hmm. a pretty glum guy. We should give Twitter credit for a sense of humor. This is the funniest thing you've ever read. <clears throat> this is days after shutting down Trump and anyone in Trump's world, you know, General Flynn, days after removing 70,000 conservatives from the Internet and lying about it, they, they shut down 70,000 conservatives' accounts and said they were QAnon, which is absurd. It's just an excuse. Um, the woman, uh, the, the sound we got from the one, what, what's her name? Cullen and the Cheryl sound? Sandberg. What is it, Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg? Sandberg? Well, we know this was organized online. We know that. Um, we, again, took down QAnon, Proud Boys, Stop the Steal. Anything that was talking about possible violence last week, our enforcement's never perfect. So I'm sure there were still things on Facebook. I think these events were largely organized on platforms that don't have our 
abilities to stop hate and don't have our standards and don't have our transparency. Here's what you have to understand is they don't have a big problem lying to the, to the American public. What you just heard is a lie. I mean, right. when they say they shut down parlor because there were people uh, advocating violence or promoting violence, that's a lie. They shut down parlor because they want to control everything. And parlor was an outlet for conservatives. Once they get kicked off Twitter, the, um, Glenn Greenwald did a, a review of people arrested at the Capitol and the first 13, these are the real bad guys, you know, like Viking man. None right. of them, none of them was on parlor. They were all on Facebook and Twitter. Turtle boy did the same thing. He looked at the, uh, reviewed the people arrested at the Capitol. None of them are parlor users. So Twitter and Facebook and, and Amazon and Google are lying to you. They're flat out lying. This is just dishonest. They didn't take down parlor because they're advancing, uh, promoting violence. They took them down because they don't like the people on there. They tried to destroy a billion dollar company with the flip of a switch because the people on there are not aligned with them ideologically. That should scare the crap out of everybody. And I'm not sure why it doesn't. Right. And, you know, it, we're told that equitable treatment now is is crucial in every corner. And, you know, for a country that's built on free speech to do whatever you can to compromise and snuff out free speech, you know, as a mob, which is what this is, the Twitter and Facebook and uh, Amazon, they're a big tech mob. I would say that would go to inciting people to uh, act violent with violence. You know, the same exact incitement that created this country, as a matter of fact. No wonder why half of these people, you know, think that they were part of Shays Rebellion down in Washington, D.C. I mean, to, to snuff out people like this is it is an instigation, and that's going to get worse. Unfortunately. That's true. You know what? You're right, Chuck. They're frust part of the frustration, and again, that's not how to uh, <laughs> to deal with the frustration, storming the Capitol right. and killing a Capitol police officer or destroying the place. That's insane. That's criminal. I hope they all do hard time, a long time. But they, they know that the election was not on the level because of big tech. I'm not talking about election laws or mail-in balloting or all that. We can debate that. Well, actually, we can't debate that because that makes you seditious. But we know what big tech did. We know what they did to the New York Post story. They know what they did to certain accounts on Twitter. They put their finger on the scale. They helped Joe Biden get elected. So these mm -hmm. mega lunatics are just filled with frustration with because of this, resentment because of this. And then on top of it, they spit in your face and they lie to you and say, oh, no, yep. those are just QAnon guys. And they're going, well, I'm not a QAnon guy. I'm a, I'm a MAGA guy. I want to build a wall. You know, I want America first. I'm not a QAnon guy. Yeah. Well, the New, the New York Post story itself is historic and huge. The fact that two weeks before the election, they snuffed out the post on Twitter. They, they, they compromised the dissemination of news to the voting public that, that involved a foreign power, you know, influencing the election. Yeah, the biggest foreign power. And by the way, on top of it, they lied. They said right. and then, act and material. Then the Jack Dorsey said it on that hearing with, with Cruz and the others. He said there was hack material. That is a lie. He knows it's a lie, but they don't care. They're, right. they have, they're ideological. And if you want proof that all that matters is the ideology, they lost billions. 
this week by taking down Trump, taking off Trump and taking down a bunch of conservatives. Their stock price plummeted and Jack Dorsey lost billions. But to him, it's worth it. His, he wanted to get his guy elected. Now he wants to consolidate power. He doesn't care about money. I realize he's so damn rich. It doesn't really matter. But the, the stock price, the, the, the stockholders are irrelevant. He's trying to change the world. And in a way, he is. I mean, wait till people see, and I'm not sure how they will, but have you seen the Hunter Biden pictures on the dark web? Have you seen? Are these are like toothless ones. Uh, these are, uh, let's say, um, he's spending some time with uh, with children, which I think is nice, you know, because oh, you know, yeah, he's got a lot of kids, and I guess maybe those are his kids. But anyway, those were suppressed. They will they will do their best to suppress them. But if you look at if you hear people that are in the know, like you know, Sean Hannity is in the know with the Trump family, or or Peter Schweitzer, the author, they just go, whoa wait, these pictures are disturbing. And they are. I mean, I'm not even just talking about the ones that we talked about, you know, two months ago where he's <laughs> doing cocaine off some females rear end, or he's just wasted and passed out in the bathtub with, or, or in bed with a crack pipe in his mouth. And there are disturbing pictures that they were trying to hide from the world. There are worse ones, much worse ones. And maybe we'll see, and maybe we won't. I mean, um, it won't matter because they got the, the, the goal was to get to get uh, the guy elected, and they did. And now they're going to go ahead with impeachment. And if you want another chuckle, one of the managers of impeachment is Eric Swalwell, who was caught sleeping with a Chinese spy like three days ago, and now he's managing <laughs> the impeachment. Leading the charge to get Trump in tweet. I mean, honestly, I think you were talking earlier about those, but like when are the when are these buzzwords going to start to fade? I think impeachment is one of those ones that's yeah. happening because yeah, I don't think so, yes. I, I don't think one rat like you know I, I talk to people all the time who just absolutely despise Donald Trump. There's not one rational person that is thinking to themselves today. Well, let's impeach him. Let's impeach him. He's got seven days left, but let's impeach him. Not one. Yeah, rat- I mean, well, don't you want to wash your hands of him? So in seven days, he's gone. He's not even on Twitter. You got a new president. There'll be a, a helicopter showing him leaving. There'll be uh, reports of him playing golf in, in Palm Beach. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what the goal was all along to make him a one-term president? Well, you did it. Why do you want to drag it out and pick at the scab when you can move on and immediately you know, open the borders and you know, immediately uh, start endless foreign wars, all the things that you know Biden has on the agenda? You can get going on that. You don't have to get bogged down on impeachment, but we'll see. It's stupid, and it's well, pointless. Jerry. Remember, we ha- he had to be removed from office right now because he's a clear and present danger. So the attack was a week ago, and Congress took the weekend off. It was so <laughs> crucial that we toss him right now that they enjoyed the weekend and went home. I mean, and- so that's the problem: is that we're we're never going to get any kind of equilibrium in in our politics when the left is just as bad as anything Trump has done on a regular basis. Yes. And if you're Lynn Cheney, she wants him impeached now because he wouldn't start any foreign wars. And she hates that. She wants to get like her dad. She wants more endless foreign wars, more coffins, flag draped coffins coming home. And Trump, you know, you thought he was going to start some wars, didn't you, Lynn? You were hoping didn't happen. Now he must go. And these, I think these Republicans who jump on board here, 
are going to pay a price down the road. I mean, Lynn Cheney won't matter. She'll be in Congress. But if you have bigger plans, forget it. Because even the people who are pissed at Trump and unhappy with Trump and wish Trump, you know, did something about big tech or wish something did Trump about, did something about, you know, whatever, Planned Parenthood, they feel like this is overkill. We're done with him. He's leaving in disgrace. Why are you doing a stupid impeachment? But we'll see. It's it's more D.C. theater, and I'm not usually against that. I usually like D.C. theater. But speaking of theater, we got to get to – oh, there's a great new show in play. I should say a network, a great new uh, um, t- uh, sports network on the horizon. And I, for one, can't wait. We'll tell you about that. And we're going to get Tom Shattuck's picks the NFL playoffs, he hasn't. I think you're like so far in the playoffs, you're like eight and zero, right? You got you nailed everything. Six and got them all, got them all. all. To the Game Cup, going to be lining up after uh, after this show. Yes, so uh, we'll get to that. But first, I want to uh, tell you about Shake Concrete. Shake Concrete is for you homeowners and home builders. You know, Shake Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps. Of course, you did. They got more precast concrete steps, better than any other company. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values and designs for any home available in concrete. You can customize with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. I say check out the blue stone. That's that's my uh, my advice. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours, just like that. The house looks better. It's worth more. And you don't do anything. All you do is pick out the steps and let Shay do the rest. Give them a call or just check out, check them out at shayconcrete.com. You can learn more about the Shea Concrete precast concrete steps at shayconcrete.com. Or just stop by one of their facilities. Shea, they're the best. They're the best. Um, all right, Tommy. Um, we'll get before we get to your picks, I want to i uh, tell you what, Dan Lebitard, former uh, ESPNer, complete, complete uh, uh, moon bat progressive, you know, liberal, you know, hardcore, limo liberal, rich, rich liberal who, you know, hates Trump. So he's you know, had a pretty good career because, you know, when you're at ESPN and you hate Trump, that's the most important thing. Well, he's left ESPN and he, he used to be on TV. He had a TV show where he'd sit with his father who's kind of old and he's yes uh, cuban and he would make fun of his father and they would mock and ridicule his own father it was, it was kind of pathetic but anyway he had a tv show a radio show i don't know a podcast he leaves he hooks up with the former head of espn john skipper who left in disgrace there were stories of drug use and everything else those two hook up they have a new venture hmm. and uh i think i do i have a description of it here uh it's going to be a uh Sports content company that focuses on progressive issues, okay. <laughs> which, I mean, let's be honest, there's already one of those. It's called ESPN. Yes. And by the way, every other network. Yeah, that does there's not one, there's everyone, you know. And one of the critics wrote about it and said it's going to be a liberal answer to Clay Travis's outkick. And the first person, you'll never guess who he's talking to about joining the venture. I would. Can I guess? It, uh, initials JH. Yes, I would say Jamel Hill. I'm totally Jamel Hill. Met Jamel Hill someday. We're gonna look back. She probably made like ten million bucks. No one's ever read anything she's written. 
Her, her opinions are usually <laughs> as shallow as a pie plate. She tweets out, everyone's a racist, everyone's a white supremacist. Yeah. And, you know, Atlantic hired her to write for them, even though she's an awful writer. Uh, but she, you know, tosses bombs and she hates Trump and she hates, I'm sure right now she hates. You know, I don't get it. Why the, Why is the talent pool so shallow? Like Jamel Hill, and I'm, believe it or not, I'm not that much of a sports guy. Obviously, I know, I know X's and O's, but, <laughs> but she's, I've, I've listened to her podcast and I've watched her and she's not good. She's just not good at media. And Levitard, that show with him and his dad, like that was set on the beach or whatever it was, that wasn't funny. Who, who's that for? It was, it was such forced humor. Like, oh, listen, Poppy said he butchered a word. Oh, let's all laugh at him. Laugh at the funny old guy. It was just terrible. I don't get it. Like, Keith Oberman, though insane, he's good at his broadcasting. I mean, he's nuts, but he's a talent, you know? I mean, Reamer is is a, off politically, but he's at least a learned guy in in. in you know, has we get, we gotta, by the way, we got to send this opportunity to Reamer. We got to make sure he's uh, one of the first people who gets an interview. Uh, unfortunately, oh, Reamer yeah. is, uh, you know, like you always say, he gets associated with me and with uh, the old you know, morning show. And I mean, he's a hardworking uh, gay liberal and the globe would never touch him. That's all you need to know. He's been tainted. He's been tarnished. Yeah, and actually, you know, he does. Scarlet Letter C for Callahan on his on his forehead. You know, I branded him. You know, after we had that, it was a kind of a crazy night. Um, but it just seems there's probably lots. You know, Dan, Dan Lepertard, I probably has a, a following. You know that he'll bring with him somewhere. But the idea that you would advertise that and say we're going to be woke. Well, what is that? I mean, everyone's already woke. Yes. And, I would and by the way, Trump's done. So you can, how much mileage can, can you get out of hating Trump? I would love to see, and she clearly does not need this because she has got to be the richest uh, freelancer in the history of you know America. It's insane. But I would love to see like her start her own Patreon or her own Substack, like Greenwall did and, and, and all, all these other people. I'd love to see the appetite for Jamel Hill individually, like one-on-one. What did they did a podcast. I just saw someone tweeted about it. Podcast Michael Smith and uh, Jamel Hill reminiscing about their ESPN show, which failed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like 6 p.m. Yeah, yeah. What was it called? Sure, her and she I and her. And her it and launched her. during the Super Bowl. You were you were down there. Yeah, that's right. So they did. See, the ratings were terrible. It lasted whatever a year. And and um, imagine that today dumping two woke African-Americans. Yeah. Uh, they probably wouldn't be fired today, even though the ratings were terrible. So they do a podcast and all I saw was one clip and Michael Smith says that we want to make one thing clear. It wasn't our fault. <laughs> it wasn't our fault. <laughs> Whose fault was it? I mean, it's not like they were targeted by advertisers or cancel culture or, you know, media matters. We didn't go after them. They were super woke. You know, all the uh, bloggers and dead spins and awful announcings, they all loved them because, you know, they hated Trump. Whose fault was it that she didn't get any viewers? It's, it's remarkable. And they both, Michael Smith has a new show with Michael Hawley. If you're woke enough, you don't have to get ratings. That Maybe that's the goal. Maybe that's smart. Maybe I should have done yeah. what, what Lebertard did. Just say, we're going to be super woke and progressive. And people say, Aren't they wonderful? They don't. They don't watch the show, but they say, "Oh, they're wonderful," because you know they're all of the same mindset. If you're not woke, you have to actually get viewers, get ratings. But 
Like there was there was a time where Deadspin was like right up there with Barstool Sports on the internet. Like there was a and now they're completely irrelevant. And here's uh, you know Dan Lebetard, and I know he's going to hire names, and he's you know going to spend a lot of money on it to to pull this off. But it's it's just amazing. The reason why Clay Travis is having the success that he's having is because he is literally the only platform willing <laughs> to to be a little bit of a different voice. And, you know, and look at like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is raising all this capital to do uh, to spread conservative value in Hollywood. Because that's not happening. Like, right, because it goes against the grain. There's a void. Yeah. People mm-hmm. know it. There's a million woke guys out there, and they're all over ESPN. They're all over all the networks. Yep. And Clay Travis has succeeded because there was an, a, a market, a, a void there, and he filled it. I mean, I said that we did in Boston what Clay Travis is doing now. We did it for years right. before he came along, but you know, we were we were canceled because you know you got to go, you got to fight if you're going to. Make it in this business. So and Travis's partner is not woke. Travis, Travis's partner left, though. The guy you Jason Whitlock said. bailed, and he has yet to tell his story. And he literally, he Clay Travis came out and wrote something about how yeah. you know he still loves Whitlock, but they're going their separate ways. And Whitlock just tweeted, "Don't believe anything until you hear it from me." I mean, Jesus. Well, Travis was nothing but uh, praising him. Yeah, complimentary, but it wasn't enough. And Whitlock, from what I understand, is not an easy guy to work with. Yeah, and he's written for the Blaze. He may end up at the Blaze or somewhere like that, just doing conservative commentary, not necessarily sports. He'll be fine. He's a good writer, but I guess um, that marriage, uh, which people thought was was a brilliant move, joining up with Clay Travis, it lasted six months, and uh, and it's over. And uh, apparently. Uh, it was, they were not, the kids were not getting along. They were not getting along. But all right. Speaking of, before we get to your picks, I didn't even tell you this, Cullinane. Uh, the other night, uh, it was early, like five, six o'clock, maybe. I'm, I'm out for a little jog around the neighborhood and I get a text from, uh, from, uh, Shattuck. It says, uh, we're at this, uh, this bar, this restaurant right in my neighborhood. Why don't you stop by? And I was like running and I'm not even, and I, so I'm kind of finished my running route. Go by the bar, look in the window. It's a nice place. It's right near me. Uh, and it's empty, except for two big guys with a table full of food. <laughs> and I go in. It's Shattuck and his brother who, uh, you know, it's shocking. You ever see Chris Farley and his brothers? And you look at him, you say, oh, my God, are they not brothers? They all look alike. Shattuck and his brother, no one ever questioned whether either of them was adopted. Put it that way. <laughs> There is, you know, it, it, people compare us to um, who's the guy who who managed the Jets with his brother Rex Rex oh, Ryan. Rex Ryan, yes, yeah, Ryan, Ryan brothers. Yeah. And it was a, although, it was, that was a tough Rob look. Ryan's hairy and Rex Ryan's well. Right. You guys, neither of you are hairy. My brother you're... used to be hairy, but that was oh. a tough. That was a disgraceful and tough look because not only are there two people over three hundred pounds there, and a third one joined. But there's a table full of food, and I had a mouthful of food when you arrived. It was like a particularly. Here's how they do it. They do it right, and I'm telling you, I'm gonna. I, I'm. I, I thought about it a couple of times the last week, and I want to do this too. They go in the restaurant, they just order half the menu, and it's yeah. just in front of them, and they just reach over, grab a rib or a, or a wing, and <laughs> try this. Mom, mom, mom. Like they didn't order dinner; they just ordered a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Order. Yeah, it was an advertisement for gluttony. It was not a. It was a disgraceful moment. Drinking martinis. It's yeah. six o'clock on a uh, what was it? A Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't know what it was. That was a Thursday. Thursday. There, there is nothing worse. And, 
nothing worse than the I'm in the area text. Oh, God, that must have been. Pain. I, I didn't think he'd come. I thought he'd just blow us off. I didn't. I, 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 would literally, I wouldn't have had the table full of food and a mouthful of, uh, you know, ribeye. Right. I, I, but I had just run, so I didn't want any of it. But until later, when I was thinking about, damn, that looked good. And it did. Mm -hmm. But it was it, typical. This is the way life is in Boston and I'm sure in New York and other uh, blue state, big cities run by tyrants. This nice restaurant, big bartender over here, a couple waitresses, and three customers, if you count me, three. There was not another soul in the place when I got there on a Thursday. I mean, I walk around, run around the city all the time at that hour, like 5, 6 o'clock. I went by the Union Oyster House the other night, and this is a iconic place, one of the oldest restaurants. And, and I look in the window, and it's maybe 6 o'clock, it's dark, and there are three waitresses and a bartender all standing together watching TV, like watching whatever, a game show or something. I don't even know it was on TV. Not one customer, not one. And I'm thinking, how long can you sustain that? It is amazing the number of restaurants that our mayor, our governor, our ex-mayor, now Marty Walsh, who's moved up in the world. He's now a cabinet member, which mm -hmm. is frightening. Our governor has destroyed thousands of restaurants, and it's not enough. They will not, even Cuomo, two days ago, said we have to open up. It was bizarre, and it was hilarious. This guy who has called people who want to open up the economy said they were killing grandma and denying science for six, seven months, now has joined the club. Now has said we need to open up because he's looked at the revenue and they have no revenue, and he's looked at the, the unemployment and said we have to do something. Here's an idea. Let's open up the economy like they've done in Florida for six months mm -hmm. or, or, or Texas or Georgia, and he's finally said, you know, maybe we should do that. It is so depressing and so disheartening to walk around and see these iconic restaurants that are either gone or on their last legs because of one or two a-holes that are trying to virtue signal and say, look, I'm trying to help you people. And I yeah. look at the place, you know, the place you and I were sitting in, mm -hmm. that's going to be gone. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, that's not going to last. Survive. Big, beautiful place right in a great location. That will be gone in a matter of weeks. There's no other choice. They can't survive. Yeah, no, that will. Be, that's a tough place anyway because it's a. It's there's not that much parking, but that's a, that, there's no way it can survive. You're right. It, it, it's the overhead's got to be way too much. You know, in my twenties, I was a concierge at in right in Boston. So we'd send people around. This is in the late nineties. We'd send people to you know all of these restaurants that were the the institutions in Boston, like Durgan Park, like Legal Seafood. And all of the go-tos, almost all of them are gone now. And as a matter of fact, the hotel has been shut down. The hotel that hadn't been shut down since 1865 it was shut down. And it's incredible. Like, where's where's the epicenter of Boston now? It was Faneuil Hall at one point. Right, it, not anymore, not anymore. I was After we got done with our 83 um, entrees at that restaurant, Jerry, too, we went up to uh, – near Upper Boylston, near Fenway Park, and there's a whole bunch of retail space available places there too now. And that was a that place was just coming up. You know, the, the, what happens, Tommy, if North End is gone? Those are small yeah. restaurants. They can't socially distance. Some of them have already been killed off by the governor. Before he's done, our governor, Charlie Baker, is going to wipe out the North Bleepin' End. Then what happens? You start over, you sell the space, and some new guy has to come in and start over and hire staffs and hire cooks. It's just criminal what's happening. And, again, it's getting lost. Obviously, you know, they're they're happy here. 
Marty Walsh is in the cabinet and everybody's happy Trump's gone. Well, look around. You know, your your governor, your mayor, these tyrants, these liberal tyrants have destroyed the economy. Might be time to start you know, listening to people like us who've been saying for seven months, you can't do this. It's insane. But but even you know, just like from a long term perspective, I mean, I don't know the restaurant business economics. I'm an idiot, but like I think it's hard to make it regardless, right? It's hard to make it in the restaurant mm-hmm. business. And now, long term, don't you just think people's habits are changing, yeah, right? Like yeah. now, by the way, now we start washing our hands. That's something we needed to learn the last year. But now everybody's going to be freaking so diligent about shit like that, obviously. Now, I have to imagine, let's just say the vaccine is a critical mass, all that stuff. I don't think the concert's going to sell out anytime soon. Do you? Right. Do you think people are no, going to? People have changed. They have no question. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting used to not eating out. They're getting used to no games, no concerts. And uh, it's going to be a long slog to get back to where they once were. And there'll be people who wear masks forever. Even if the, everyone's yeah. vaccinated, the, vac- the virus is gone. There'll be all these weirdos that'll yeah. think that the next virus is coming and they'll continue to to mask up and do all the the, uh, the usual. Well, uh, and the things. next virus coming is going to be a new industry right. as well. It's right. very profitable. And it's also going to be a way that you can, you know, show your good progressive bona fides. Uh, well, I think it was nice of uh, Shattuck and his brother because I'm pretty sure this restaurant, they're good for at least a month after these two were in there. <laughs> well, they're, they're out ordered, of supplies now, but they, yes. They ordered everything on the menu. Uh, a Shattuck probably had like old gift cards too. It was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they I know. Still we, buy a hundred guy a hundred get two hundred dollars worth or whatever. Yeah, one of those guys. We, my my wife and I had a legal seafood gift card, and we we go over to legal seafood near us. It's gone. It's gone yeah. forever. Charlie Baker destroyed a iconic legal seafood restaurant, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, I'll give him credit. He's ruined restaurants, put them out of business. Restaurants that I never thought would yeah. would 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 be gone. They were part of the fabric of the city of the state and our idiot governor has absolutely destroyed them. But Hey, we'll see. We'll keep track. Thank you for that. Chattuck. I mean, I didn't eat any of your ribs cause I wasn't hungry, but you did uh, prop up a restaurant in my neighborhood for at least another month or so. So we appreciate that do. business for you and your brother. And uh, um, what was his first name again? I forget. Jim. Jim, Jim Shattuck and Tom, I'm sure when you were kids, people would get you mixed up, but uh the, the Shattuck boys did their part to help out the Boston restaurant industry, which is very nice. But uh, thanks, Tommy. We will talk to you again soon. And thanks to DCU and Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to uh, GovX. What about our picks, Jerry? Oh, shoot. I feel like it's early for your picks. Okay, quick, quick. Uh, let me start with uh, the first game is the Packers, I believe, which is uh, going to be the cold one. Obviously, the... Uh, 430 game is the Rams at the Packers. And I got to say, Tom, this is, it's only a six and a half point spread. I am all in on the Packers. The Rams are a fraud team. They got two quarterbacks. They're both hurt. They, they're, they're, they're not a good team to begin with. And uh, going into Green Bay on against the well-rested Aaron Rodgers led team is a tough task. Who do you like Rams at Packers? Not only who do I like, but I'll give you the score, Jerry. It's going to be 31, 28, the boys from Lambeau field. Packers that means win. you're picking the Rams to cover. Uh, um, that would be okay. The night game. I love this game. Baltimore at Buffalo. Uh, you're uh, the Buffalo, uh, you know, 
what is it called? The I call it the Bills Mafia, Jerry. Right. Bills Mafia. Way. Yep, that's a good. I think that'll catch on. <laughs> Buffalo wins by a touchdown. Buffalo is only favored by two and a half. I gotta say, I'm going Ridiculous. with the favorite, the home team again. There, even though the Bills were disappointing, in my opinion, in the win over Indy, their Bills defense sucked. But it's tough to go into there. Ravens, eh, that's a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, f- first game on uh, Sundays at three o'clock. That'd be Cleveland, the Browns, America's team at Kansas City, the first seed. Coming off a bye, Kansas City's hosting Cleveland. Who do you like? Uh, the Browns, by the way, named after the Brown family, Jerry, will uh, win uh, by six. The Browns will win by six. Wow. Boy, if you call that. America, pick These are 10-point favorites. And lastly, uh, TB12 takes the field Sunday at 640. That's going to be a huge rating. Tom Brady and the Bucks at Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night. Saints are favored by three. Patriots, I'm sorry, uh, Buccaneers win by three. Buccaneers have to win this. You know, they have to set up this Brady uh, Brady yep. Rogers uh, NFC title game. That'll be the biggest conference championship game since I don't know when. And then on the other sl- side, um, having the, uh, the Bills Chiefs, having Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, the NFL persevered through COVID. Thank God they made it through. And now it's setting up for a spectacular postseason, which I'm looking to. You got Tom Shattuck's picks. He's I wrote them all down here. We're going to track these bad boys. Never, ever yeah. wrong. We'll go, you know what? We're going to break these games down more tomorrow because I'm fired up for this, uh, this weekend's uh, playoff games and the conference championship game and the playoffs. Um, I'm looking forward to all of it. But uh, all right, Shattuck, I love the hat. If you're not you. watching... If you're not seeing the video, he has his little Jerry Callahan chicken hat. I always thought he was a rooster, but you tell me he's a chicken. He's a chicken. And he's alive, right? Your wife hasn't murdered him yet? <laughs> he is alive. That's right. The, the, it was, the rooster was dispatched unceremoniously. Tom, Tom Chaddock's wife ordered a machine mm-hmm. on. She's kind of like one of these MAGA monsters that stormed the <laughs> castle at the Capitol. He has a machine to behead behead other God, others, God creep, God's creatures. She has a machine to cut the heads off roosters and chickens. Yes, the rooster had a name. My kids named it. His name was Avocado, and my wife uh, beheaded him. <laughs> Why would you behead a rooster? You can't even eat them, can you? Uh, they did eat them. Uh, she beheaded them in front of the kids and then cooked him, and the kids ate him. <laughs> I, didn't think, I thought you only ate chickens. You eat roosters? Yeah, mm. they liked it. They they liked it. Yeah, it looked just that like thing, a chicken. That little device won't fit around your head, will it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I assume I'll find out. Yeah, that's it. You know, she's like those MAGA people that brought the guillotine to Capitol Hill. You know? <laughs> she, is, she is scary. But all right, we'll see how you do in your picks. Uh, uh, Tommy the Greek, Tom Shattuck. Thanks, bud. And uh, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Anything else, uh, Cullinane? I think gonna- I just, yesterday was my first experience wearing a mask for an extended period of time. So I can really? totally relate with Bruce Willis today and understand mm, yeah, how Bruce, Bruce Willis. He's always been kind of a hero, you know, iconic figure. And yesterday he refused to wear a mask and got kicked out of the drugstore, which I don't understand. I would just, I put on a mask. I mean, it's not too much to ask no. to put on a, a mask in a drugstore. It is too much to ask to put on a mask at the beach or walking your dog. But in the drugstore, in the grocery store, no, I have no problem. But Bruce Willis apparently does. And he, he refused and uh, they kicked him out and they got some good pictures of it so hey 
You know, he's a rebel. What can you say? All right, we'll leave it there. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.